You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open with Teresa and America. America's back. Hi, everyone. How is everybody doing? We had been doing series throughout the year that's related to campaigns, mental health month, addiction. We've just finished back to school, but America took a break for personal reasons and and took care of some life stuff, but now she's back with us and we're going to start this other series that very much leans into our old school style podcast. Yeah. Yeah, style. So the series is called I Can't Stop. It's called the I Can't Stop series. And this today, we're going to talk about I Can't Stop Getting in My Own Way. Yep, I feel that 100% today. Okay, do you? Why? Do you get in your own way? Oh, I get in my own way all the time. What and does that mean to you? I, I want to tell you what it means. I know that there are things that I should do for my mental health, for my well-being, and like just good positive things. I know that. But in the moments when I am struggling and I'm living through a a moment, it's hard to implement these good things just because it takes work. And so I find myself repeating patterns that are not the best. So I'm getting in my own way, you know, like I could do better. Okay, that's interesting. So when you think about getting in your way, what I hear is you aren't applying the positive changes you know. Yeah. To get better. Cause totally. I thought I thought something different. Really? When I said I, I can't I keep getting in my own way. It's like I'll have a fight and I know and it's sort of like that. It's not the doing something that's good for me. It's like not stopping myself from needing to be petty. Right. Cause but it's the same thing. It's the same I guess it's thing. the same. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Because if you choose, if you choose to say the words that you know are going to make an argument live longer, yeah. and you know better, yeah, that's how I feel. I get in my own way, and because I analyze crap so much, then it's like even more overwhelming in my head. We just know what's going to make a situation worse. This is yes. this is the key for both of us, yeah. and it was hard to unpack at first, but. These are the situations in life that you've gone through over and over, rinse and repeat, and you know the way out of a trap. Right. You know what's going to make something worse, and you know what to do to make it better. And for whatever reason, we can't choose the right path. (laughs) And I think where where the struggle is, right, at least in my brain, is that it's the moments, the tiny little moment between me deciding, oh, I'm going to say the thing that I know I shouldn't say. And the other side being like, no, you should just be quiet and not engage or not take that action or whatever. Yeah. And tell me, is it true in these moments? I feel like it's a battle between how I'm seeking justice for myself, (laughs) centering my needs and my justice against empathy for someone else. Yes. And I have that's powerful, Teresa. And for I don't know if this feels like for you too, but in my brain as a woman, it also gets sucked up into that narrative. Like I'm gonna fight for me. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I think all of that is all of those factors our identities as women, for me, at least I'm speaking for me, my identity as woman, my identity as an immigrant woman. Trauma survivor. Yeah. Like (laughs) all of those identities are factors that then influence my reaction. And I think I also, I have to be very honest that there are moments where my reaction can also be different if I'm in a better headspace, for instance. Maybe I am super hungry, haven't had anything to eat all day, and I've been stressing about all these different things. And then a situation comes up that's immediate, needs you know my most required, like focal, and boom. It's just like a bomb exploding in my head around all the stuff, all the negative stuff that could come up. Yeah. But then do you also find, because I like that you brought up food, because this happens to me all the time. So if I'm (laughs) food deprived, I will snap. But the second I get food, I feel better and I'm way better at repairing. Yeah, totally. But I recently had a couple weeks where I felt very insecure. You know, when we talk about your table is stable, the legs were falling, all the things on the table got really heavy. I felt like life was falling apart a bit Mm -hmm. for, for about two weeks. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get depressed again, you know? And in that moment when I snapped and I was seeking justice for myself, I found that I also reverted to my worst other habits. Self-pity, for example. After rage, raging at someone, getting in my own way, knowing you shouldn't be petty, knowing you shouldn't be hurtful in your words, (laughs) then it wasn't like, I stopped there and I went, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for being a jerk per se. I did in my brain do those things, but I also went to, woe is me. (laughs) It was so dumb. I was like, oh my God. I don't think it's dumb. I don't think it's dumb. I think it's a natural progression of how our emotions fluctuate. And I just mean it's dumb because I'm frustrated because it is frustrating. It is. It is. When you talk about justice – Okay. For me, that is so important. And and anytime I get into these points of disagreement, whether it's with my husband or someone else, right? It's like, no, it's this thing because all of this logical information is laid out in front of us. How is it that you can't understand it in this way? And my therapy brain, right? is like, of course, individuals think about things in all their individual ways. You know, like that's like the positive talk, but at the same exact moment is this like, no, why do I have to, and that's the language, why do I have to Mm. minimize myself, not share my thought, not do X? Why do I have to? That's the, yeah. Yes. Woe is me, the, why am I always the one conceding? And everybody thinks that. If you're in an argument with somebody, your partner, your husband, whatever, <laughs> I think that's yeah. what we're literally doing inside our own huds to each other. And that's why in those moments, we all double down on our own individual perspective. Right. Yeah. And and then both parties have an opportunity to like essentially come to the table and say, yeah, it's important that we listen to one another, right? Like- <laughs> Like, listen, for not not just hearing, but listening and actually paying attention to what is being said 
instead of immediately like defending or whatever. So all of that is for me, how I get in my way. And then the other part of it, and you said this too, is how it is that when you're struggling, you then get to this place of woe is me. Like, oh God, why? Why do I have to, again, this the have to, but this is my have to for me, right? Well, why do, why do I have to feel like this? Maybe I should make other decisions. And then I can go, I can spiral down this negative hole of pity and just be like, maybe I made the bad decisions. I shouldn't have done this maybe 20 years ago. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And that's when we're at our worst, right? Yes. Because if it's just, if you just didn't, if you felt bad because you didn't eat, that's what I mean about the repair. Yeah. If the reason why I'm going down that spiral is something, I'm in a relatively good spot. I can make sense of the chaos. Like I'm, I'm PMSing, honestly. Like that was one that slapped me in the face recently. I feel like you and I talked about, <laughs> like, why am I spiraling? Oh my God. Yeah. It was PMS. Like PMS plus things not good in life <laughs> equals bad reactions yeah. that are longer term as opposed to those days where I know I'm not having a good day and it's just because I didn't eat, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you said, okay, I spiral, that's what I mean. So like the self-pitying, the self-doubt, the going back in years, mm-hmm. the voice in the brain goes from zero to a hundred. And it's like by timeline too. I love that you said that because definitely it's like, well, I guess we're going to get a divorce now. And you're like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from brain? Like, yeah. why did your brain jump from zero to a hundred? And you're like, okay, hold on. I'm not going to be good anywhere in this space. Right. And it's interesting because how we're talking about this, in some ways, there are external factors and internal factors, right? Like if it's physical, like maybe it's PMS or whatever, there are ways that we can try to manage that, right? Like apps and things like that to help us like, oh, pay attention. You know, you may be having your period in a week or something. And that's not only for us, but I think that's also beneficial for like our partners and others in our lives. And then externally, this other issue of like, okay, am I in an environment where I feel I'm safe? Am I in an environment where I have eaten, you know, I have all these things that ultimately set me up for good things? Yeah, And I think all of that is relevant where I find myself kind of getting stuck because this is just the nature of my person and maybe it's tied to anger because that's easy for me, right? I will easily vacillate between like fire burning, ah, anger, the self-pity side of stuff. And then the middle, it's like, it's okay. You don't have to have an answer. And I don't like being in the middle. So where do you end up getting stuck? Like, do you know when... If you're in a spiral, I get stuck on when I really feel like justice isn't being served in some way. But you maybe you also mentioned you just said the third arm is when you start to say, well, it's going to be okay. Do you get stuck because there's some part of you that is you get used to these things. So we just think, okay, well, it's going to be fine. Like, just keep going. But we're not taking active steps to make any real change. And I feel that like something that happened recently for me is I got stuck. And probably what you said is triggering me to realize I know I feel felt bad, but I wasn't 
making any changes because I kept thinking, I don't know, it'll work itself out or I'm too Mm. tired to deal with this. Like, I'm too tired. Just whatever. Ignore it. And then my husband was like, we need to go to therapy. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, that's so intense. But I'm like, that's why my brain also was in like, what are we going to get divorced? And like, you're re-triggering, you're like restarting therapy, you know, like this must be serious. And it was, but I realized how much we don't normalize therapy. I mean, I'd love therapy too. But in that moment when you stop therapy and then you restart therapy and somebody brings that on, you feel like that's – It's like a consequence, a negative Yeah, I felt like that. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, fine. You're going to reinitiate couples therapy, but I didn't see it as a strength. Right. Until I was in it and he was like, this is a strength. It is such a strength to be able to – first yes, the privilege that you could just do that. Mm-hmm. And – so stoked that I have a husband who has the insight to be like, let's do it. Let's let's tackle right. this head on. Let's solve these problems. Talk it out in a safe space. Figure it out. And yeah. and then I realized looking back, oh, you were just avoiding or what? You know, just. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Is it tied to the fact that there is like a solution? Like in this case, you're like, let's go to therapy. Boom. Solution. Right. Problem. Solution. Where I find myself struggling is that when there isn't a set solution other than, well, there could be really good solutions if both parties were on the same page, but if they're not, then it's up to me to only do what I can to make myself better, right? But that is what therapy is about, right? Because when we're in these stuck points and you're getting your own way, all it is is two battles of wills. Yes. And needs and desires and anger and people just swimming in that against one another space is the perfect environment for therapy. Yeah. (laughs) To basically act as a mediator to help us hear with empathy Mm -hmm. instead of doubling down on our own way. Yeah. But in the things that I've experienced, there isn't always an opportunity to go to therapy. So if you think about it, like, Anything outside of a like a personal relationship, like a husband or like, let's say you're dealing with a friend and you're really struggling with a friend. Mm. I mean, you could be like, let's go to therapy, but. No, but sometimes you have a third friend act as a mediator. Yes. Yes. So in this case, you're saying having outside support to help you and the other person see where the struggles are may be useful. Yeah. And maybe because of the crux of the question of I can't stop getting in my own way is whether yeah. you see your relationship as a courtroom battle compared to or a therapy session or mm. a picnic, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. when these moments of tension, when you're likely to bring up all your past issues and all your insecurities and all your needs into this intense environment where you're going to get in your own way and you want to get your way, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You've taken a relationship and the way you see it is someone has to win. And that's like a courtroom battle, right? Like somebody's going to win. Got it. Okay. I'm going to win. That voice, that lawyer in my brain, that person in my brain is fighting and I'm going to win. I'm going to get my justice. I'm going to get my way Mm because I feel righteous in this. I am Mm -hmm. right. And that's just super elevated, you know, but maybe that's why you need a mediator. Well, I I mean, I go to therapy, so. I have my therapist that yeah. helps me through this. Yeah. But, you know, it, it comes back to this this point of 
you as the individual recognizing where your stuck points may be, it's really looking honestly at the situation and saying, also, am I, am I the one that's causing the issue? Mm-hmm. Which sometimes we are, you know, mm. because like you're saying, we come into a situation ready to defend, ready to X instead of, I'm just here to participate and hear you, listen to you, whatever, right? Instead of like, I'm here with my sword to defend. Well, that's a really good point. So maybe a mental habit is anytime you feel like you need to get your own way, you should immediately look at yourself and say, how are you the problem? Mm. Because that acts as a counter act to your desire to want to double down on yourself. But I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do what you're saying. What you're saying is, if I feel like I have a problem with the situation, I'm going to try to have empathy for the other person. I've tried that. It's harder for me for some reason. (laughs) But what I can do that does feel easier is to say, girl, you are not without fault. Why don't you just turn the tables a little bit and figure out why you're making this too personal for you, why you're feeling so strong about these things. And maybe I think that because I also feel like I don't know how to control them or maybe I don't want to have empathy for them. But once I do that work in my brain, it does make it easier for me to have empathy for my partner once I realize how I'm also being a problem. It sounds like this. It's like I can almost immediately tell if I have an elevated situation that I'm also taking something way more personally than I should be. But what is happening in your brain? Like in that moment, you are in an argument and all of that is happening in your brain instantaneously. Boom. It's like, boom. I can't believe you said that. Oh, you want to say that? And then I'm about to say something. Then I say the thing I want to say because I didn't stop myself from saying it. And then there was a blow up fight and eventually I'm going to have to go sit with myself. And that's where you go, okay, now we're blow up fight and we're not going to keep attacking each other. So we took a timeout. And mm-hmm. in this moment of timeout, I have two choices. I could, I do, all of this happens in split seconds. I don't know for yeah. you, literally, literally 25,000 arguments happening immediately in the period of 60 seconds. I go from, I can't believe them to eventually at some point I'm like, okay, why does this matter to you so much? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Why are you being so I mean, reactive? <laughs> Why did you feel like you had to say what you said? Like, because ultimately yeah. oh, you should have walked God. away and you didn't. You felt like you needed to double down. You needed to say something. And once I can say that, then it's not that hard for me to take the next step and say, I should apologize, at least for my part, because that's where I took it to the next level and I didn't need to. It didn't require empathy for the other person. It just, uh, empathy for realizing that I was being not cool, <laughs> that I got in my own way. It's like I really messed up the situation because. But it is empathy for the other person. Yeah, it does. Because you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes to be like. To see how well, I'm, what if, I'm a dick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that timeout that you're talking about, I think for me, is is crucial for me to step step back and be like, whoa, what did you just say? Yeah. I think, though, what's helpful out of out of all of this and, and just thinking about how we can help ourselves, the timeout is definitely important. Figure out what that looks like so that you can break away and take take time to just be like, did you hear what you actually said? Mm. How would you react, you know, if somebody said what you said? I've asked I asked myself those questions and then. 
I haven't gotten to the point where you've gotten that. You're like, maybe I should apologize. Yeah, that's a little harder, but I have to get there. Yeah. We call that the repair <laughs> in yes, therapy. We yes. learned about how I'm really bad at repair. <laughs> I am too. I'm not the greatest at that. I really appreciate that you brought up the pause and the taking a break. I'm realizing now because we paused therapy, we fell into old habits where we let ourselves swirl. And then as a consequence, our our fighting got longer where we 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 started to go back to needing to double down and 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 have a fight instead of somebody calling a time out. And yeah. I don't think I I think I took for granted how important calling an early timeout was and honoring it. Like if somebody says, we need to stop, just stop, go away. Because when somebody says that, you need to stop and go away. Like, just don't, don't make things worse. Everybody in this relationship realizes in this moment, everything is just going to get worse because we weren't practicing. We're not on guard. We felt bad. We start, I, maybe me, (laughs) started breaking boundaries. And so, you know, if he said, we need to pause, get away, I would hear it, but I wouldn't do it. I would, I would say something that needed for him to respond because he could not not respond. Right. You left it hanging for him to take it. Yeah. What I appreciate out of this conversation is one, the honesty, right? And in, in thinking through where we struggle and the reality that our many situations that we've talked about today are replicated across all kinds of different scenarios with people in their own lives. And it may look a little different across all of these different scenarios, right? But the whole point of it is that you also have a role in how these situations are coming about. Mm-hmm. And we have to look at that. Yeah. We have to do that work. The biggest takeaway for me, it's so silly and it makes me upset that I can't implement these things in my life that I know are so obvious in front of my brain. But just recognizing what happens when you let go of practice and you're not on guard and it only takes a little bit of things to pile up in your life and to fall into bad habits. Yeah. It's a bit of that prevention. It's a little bit of prevention goes a long way. But if you just slip and slip and slip, then you get into a hole and it's way harder to climb out of the hole. So when I think about I can't stop getting in my way and this means I've had repeated fights, periods of repeated fights that are the same quality, it's kind of a sign that you let go of some practice a long time ago Mm -hmm. and you're back in the space where you're going to be that reactive and, and now, and then you're starting to feel insecure again. And like, and that's where the relationship itself is not, you don't feel good because if I'm in a good spot and I'm feeling more secure and I can rely on that and we're practicing those skills, then we never even get there as much. Yeah. I feel you. Well, that's, that's an important conversation as we continue to tackle other things we can't stop in the okay. next couple of weeks. I'm glad to be back, y'all. So we're going to talk to you all next week. Thank you, everybody. Keep on fighting the open. Bye.